is the Clearly Kosciuszko Podcast, telling the story of Kosciuszko County through the eyes of those who have been here lifetimes and those who have just arrived. The mission of Clearly Kosciuszko is to craft a sense of place and pull all corners of our county together. The story of our community is ever unfolding and needs you. Each month, we'll talk with those involved in our community and invite listeners to play, learn, and grow alongside us. Now, the latest edition of the Clearly Kosciuszko Podcast with your host, Jody Claypool and Ryan Martin. Welcome to another Clearly Kosciuszko Podcast. I'm your co-host this time around with, uh, with a special guest co-host. I don't know if we'll call him a special guest co-host, but uh, here for the very last Clearly Kosciuszko Podcast coming to you live from the third floor of City Hall, the Kedco Studio offices. We've got exciting news. I don't know if we're going to break the news today. I'm looking at Alan Teo sitting right across the desk from me. Uh, we're not breaking the news today, but this will be the last podcast in this space. So look for new exciting details to come. But uh, I hinted at it already. Instead of sitting in the uh, co-host chair, Jody Claypool, nope, nope, we gave him the day off. Today we have the one, the only, the world-famous and world-traveler, Alan Teo, the CEO of Kedco. Ryan, thank you for setting the bar that high. Appreciate it. Uh, appreciate the chance to be here with you today to co-host. Uh, it's like old times. We used to do this. Uh, no, we're not quite ready to announce some updates, some changes as we evolve and grow the Clearly Cast podcast. It's all good, all positive. Uh, but we are actually getting ready to relocate the Kedco offices and announce a new partnership with the podcast. So plenty of change coming. Uh, but we want to leave that as a cliffhanger for our audience uh, we also just passed 50 podcast episodes of the Philly Costco podcast, so congratulations to the team that's helped put that together and helped build that momentum, but we are excited about the discussion today. And you mentioned setting the bar. I'm going to start this one off with a joke, okay? Um, a limbo contestant walks into a bar and is immediately disqualified. All right, great. Okay, you got it. Everybody here, no laughter. Tell you what, this is the dad joke segment. We pioneered it on this episode of the podcast, and clearly it's not going to happen anymore. But Alan, I'm going to turn things over to you as our, our main co-host here. Who do we have in the studio today? I am so happy to welcome today uh, two very special guests with us on the podcast. We have Brian Hoderick, who's a co-founder of Ignite Ortho, based here in Costco County. And we have Leslie Hill, who is our uh, liaison to the uh, Northeast Indiana Innovation Collective and a few other programs, the WEAC and WBC. Uh, but this is really to help us uh, have some discussion about entrepreneurial journey. Um, we all we all have uh, uh, so much to, to, I think, appreciate and learn from the entrepreneurs who are, are in our community, in our region. And so Brian is an entrepreneur, Leslie as a, a serial entrepreneur, as a recovering entrepreneur. I don't know how you'd want to describe it, but uh, appreciate you both being here today and looking forward to the discussion. Fantastic. Well, hey, let's dig right in, as they say. Um, Brian, you know, we've talked before, but for our, our listeners, if you could just help us set the stage here with, with your journey, you know, uh, how did you get to Costco County? What keeps you in Costco <clears throat> County? Uh, just help us paint the picture. Yeah, thanks for having me in. Um, always excited to talk about Costco County. It is my hometown. Um, I've, I was raised here, been here since I was three years old. So um, it was very easy for me to stay. Um, have had uh, my whole career here in orthopedics, 
so naturally, a uh, great place to uh, stay and raise a family as well. And, and uh, also, since this place is the orthopedic capital of the world, it's uh, naturally fitting to have uh, my orthopedic company here in Warsaw. Fantastic. And you're helping us to build the future of the industry. So again, we, we've uh, been just uh, so impressed with the journey so far. And again, a lot to learn and I think to share with others about what's possible here. So thank you. And, and Leslie, um, I'm going to go off script for just a moment. Yes. Um, again, you are an entrepreneur yourself. You know, what, what you know, brought you to Fort Wayne? What keeps you in Fort Wayne as an entrepreneur and now as someone who supports and works with entrepreneurs? Yes. And, and I think that my story is probably very similar to others where I grew up in Fremont, so a rural town of Fort Wayne, basically, and um, went away, lived in Chicago, worked there, worked in Colorado, came back and started working for Vera Bradley. And like many, many women in particular, but also men, um, you decide at some point that you want to start your own thing. So you do. And I really, truly think that Northeast Indiana is one of the easiest places to start a business. Fantastic. Thank you. Well, let's segue then right into uh, the work you're doing now with entrepreneurs here in Kosciuszko County and throughout Northeast Indiana. Um, I think even with WEAC around the state, right? So a much broader footprint. I mean, help us uh, just, just, again, introduction to the NIC and WEAC and, and the kind of support you can provide for entrepreneurs either thinking of starting or, or launching new ventures here in Kay County. Okay. So the NIC has been around for over 20 years, and I just got to jump in in 2018. So they have been an incubator in the whole, um, you know, entrepreneurial ecosystem for, they're just really well established. So for over 20 years, but they've also been known and recognized um, across the country. So they started this program uh, the WIAC, so it used to be the Women's Entrepreneur, I think it used to be the Women's Economic Opportunity Center. Then we changed that to entrepreneurial because a lot of people were coming to us for grants or loans, and that's not what we do. Um, and so then, because we are powered by the SBA, we changed our name to the Women's Business Center, so the WIAC Women's Business Center. And just like SCORE or ISBDC, now we have that kind of um, logoed name for all of the centers across the United States. And between the NIC and all of its programs, including the WIAC, we strive to serve and support entrepreneurs at every stage of their business throughout Northeast Indiana. Um, you know, one of the things we talk about with just being in Northeast Indiana or like Brian, with you being growing up in Warsaw and staying, um, there's so much that's going on, but there's also, there's so much support. So where do you go? How do you start? Um, what are the next steps? So, so that's why we try to be there for everyone at every stage. And I get to specialize in female entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Well, and also, right, the, uh, the, the kind of the, the footprint, the focus of the WIAC and WBC, I mean, also with this being a rural area, uh, being able to support rural entrepreneurs kind of wherever they're at, because, you know, frankly, we want to see more, you know, representation among of rural entrepreneurs, right? So, yes. Excellent. Yes. We used to um, sit over at the chamber in Whitley County. And so it's been nice to be here now for this year. Fantastic. <clears throat> All right. That's excellent. Well, and, and Brian, how about uh, help us understand, just, just share with us about your entrepreneurial journey, how you got started and kind of how that led you to, to where you're at now and, and kind of where Ignite Ortho is in, in, in the journey. 
Yeah, so um, as I said earlier, the my uh, career earlier was always in orthopedics, started at Zimmer and then to Tournier, which was acquired by Wright Medical. Uh, so in larger companies and, and definitely saw an opportunity to do things better and faster. Um, and, and that's not to say that those organizations, you know, there's nothing wrong with what they're doing, uh, but just the nature of a larger company, they can't move as quickly and they're, they're burdened by a lot of things that uh, hamper development. Um, so I think, you know, a lot of orthopedic companies, they start with a product or an idea, or maybe they acquire a patent and then they build a company around it around uh, that particular thing. Um, that was not the case with Ignite. Um, so it was a little bit unusual um, where my partner and I left uh, Wright Medical and didn't have anything, uh, nothing in our head um, as far as what we were gonna design or develop or anything, uh, but did start the company and started um, gathering really talented people from this area together. And then uh, we were able to build something great uh, from that. That is fantastic. And actually, that gets to something. Um, you know, you started in 2017. Leslie, you mentioned joining and, and the WEAC and, and WBC in 2018. I joined here in 2018. I think we're all bringing that kind of entrepreneurial mindset to our work. Um, but with what you just shared, Brian, I mean, you know, not starting with, you know, something in mind, you know, that you're trying to sell, but starting with, let's let's go find some problems to solve, right? Exactly. And let's figure out, you know, where we can really, uh, you know, learn from, you know, the contacts, I imagine it'd be the surgeons and other orthopedic contacts who can then help you identify really where can you step in and, and add some value and, and develop something new. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Agree. Fantastic. Well, again, with that in mind and, and with us, uh, I think each approaching, you know, the entrepreneurship uh, uh, mindset in our own way, I mean, I'm curious, a you know, question for, for Leslie and Brian for you both, you know, if someone does have an idea or if they do have that, again, take a step back, that that uh, maybe that interest in, in starting a new venture so they can go you know, develop some new cool things, I mean, you know, where should they start? You know, what, what could they do to maybe take that first step and, and start to make some progress, right? So uh, shameless plug for Warsaw and for <laughs> Kosciuszko County, you need to go somewhere where you have the resources, I think, um, because when I look back at our journey, it was the people that made the difference. Like I said, no product. So how did we become successful and eventually create really cool products that created the value for Ignite? It was because of the people. And um, when you have a community that has so much uh, experience in the orthopedic space, all the way from um, the guy that's polishing parts all the way to C-suite level uh, minds in the orthopedic space, to be able to leverage all of that in one particular spot is pretty special. Um, so, you know, being here um, is, is a, a really cool place to start, I think. Um, also, I think um, having the proper mentorship is really important. Um, back when I look at when we first started, um, we really didn't know what we didn't know when we started. Uh, so having that guidance from uh, perhaps a generation uh, above us, Matt and I, uh, was definitely critical to, to our success. Fantastic. That's great. And, and Leslie, anything you'd recommend is that, that taking that step or maybe th uh, ideas or two for people to think about? Yeah, I would definitely encourage everyone to co-create. Just like a spin off of what you were saying, Brian, is 
talk to people, talk to your ideal customer. You think you know what they want, but you don't know what they want. And maybe once you give it to them, they change what they think they want. And so making sure you co-create with them the entire time is essential to whether or not you're going to be successful. Right, right. And again, that that's just that kind of problem-finding you know, approach. I mean, it, it's it, it underlies our work with our MedTech Accelerator Studio. Let's go, you know, use the lean startup model and go go find things to, to work on and, and problems to solve. Um, you know, I'm sure there are people who've done great on their their um, starting to ventures where they just don't want to work for a boss anymore, do the exact same thing, but maybe a little different to say, hey, no, let's go start a new venture that's something different and, and unique, and we're going to start with an empty sheet of paper and find things to things to work on. Yeah, I probably assume the majority of businesses are started where they just don't want to work for someone. And mm -hmm. then they say, I'm going to do this on my own. And then, I mean, I did it. <laughs> it sounds like you did it. Kind of like mm -hmm. you leave. And they're like, we're going to do something. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then you figure it out. You start talking to people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that, okay, gets to something that, that you could help us with. Um, as you've worked with entrepreneurs, again, across the region and elsewhere, I mean, are there a couple things that people struggle with the most that you've seen that uh, I'm sure you can even, even help people kind of work through? <laughs> yes. But the it's probably one that we don't even consider. We all know that we have to work on our financials, and it's the one thing that nobody wants to take the time to do, and nobody has enough time for marketing. But I truly think that it's imposter syndrome, that it's knowing self-worth, that you can you know stand up for your concept in front of a room full of people or investors or even just family members when you say, this is what I want to do. And the majority of people aren't entrepreneurs, and so they immediately tell you you're crazy that you should just go get a paycheck. And and so I would I would hands down say it's mindset or imposter syndrome that knowing your worth is is the is gonna make you or break you. Right, right. And I wonder if that gets to I mean Brian, you mentioned the importance of mentors. I mean if there's examples of how you've you've both worked with mentors who've helped you kind of, you know, kind of understand what you don't know you don't know, right? Or other examples. Yeah. So when we uh, when we first set out we engaged Rod Meyer and Terry Schlotterbeck. They've been there and done that uh, in the orthopedic space, uh, started companies and sold them. So uh, what a great resource to leverage, um, you know, within a couple minutes uh, of here in Warsaw. Um, so when, when we engaged them, uh, for example, um, and, and not knowing what we were really getting into outside of Googling things, um, we... Uh, engaged them and they had a, the brilliant idea of us um, moving into Nextremity. So Rod Myers the or was the CEO of Nextremity at the time and said, hey, why don't you uh, come into our building and uh, leverage all of our resources, computers, printers, uh, payroll, all of those things that are very distracting and are not value added for developing a, a new product really. And uh, we worked out a deal and did that. And, and we essentially lived there and incubated within their building for two years. And it took all the scary out of it. You know, I, I think the big thing, uh, or at least for me, you know, leaving my secure position at my previous company and, and going into this, you know, there's a lot of scary there, you know, right. like, what am I going to do? I've got little kids and... You know, how am I going to pay my mortgage and, and on and on? Um, but having that arrangement really took that scary factor out of it 
so that I could focus on what I know, which is developing a product, a product and taking it to market. Right. Um, so that was 100% the idea um, by those two gentlemen and uh, really the foundational building blocks for Ignite. And that was the first time we met, right? It was at, there at the uh, Extremity yeah, office? Yeah, exactly. You had your, your clubhouse there, and that was, that yep, was cool. Yep, And uh, excellent. I mean, Leslie, other just experiences you've had with your own business or, or you know, uh, entrepreneurs you work with and, and how they've interacted with, with mentors or some yes. of the benefits? Yes. Um, and mine have been, you know, formal and informal. So the, f the first thing I did was I went to ISBDC and to SCORE and worked on a business plan. And it was, I was a solopreneur. I was, you know, consultant. So in essence, I didn't need a 36-page paper to walk through and just have a lot of words on it. What I needed was that one-sheeter, the lean canvas, know who my customer was, know what I was selling, what my financials were. Um, so I went through the proper steps, but I figured out how to go ahead and do it without needing that 36-pager. And along the way, I joined a few boards. So I sat on a board of directors, and one of the women on the boards, her name is uh, Michelle Gladio, she just kind of started championing me for I just out of nowhere. And so it kind of happened very um, authentically. And she came and she said, hey, Leslie, I've been watching you speak. You know, she would come and she would stand in the back and she would critique me in the kindest way. And then she'd say, I have an opening. I can't make it. Why don't you take it? So she, in essence, sponsored me. If you were in a corporation, she would have been sponsoring me. Um, and then she came to me one day and she said, how much are you charging for your speaking engagements? And I explained to her and she said, okay, we're going to bump that up. We're going to bump that up $500. Mm -hmm. And then the next time, okay, I'm going to go have you bump it up and I'm going to ask you what is in your budget. And so she really took me through a lot of that. Um, that happens to... A good number of my clients too, they kind of find someone that takes them under their wings. But what I think is the biggest takeaway is you have to put yourself out there to be in front of those people. And it is scary just telling people about your concept. Um, so finding that, uh, you know, confidence to just right. be able to talk to this other business owner like Brian did. Yeah, fantastic. That was actually, I remember now where we first met was uh, when you were, you had your business in Fort Wayne and we met, uh, I think I was part of a career ministry over at um, St. Vincent's and yeah, and right. I know that made a big difference for some of the folks there uh, in that, that effort. So yeah, very cool. I want to go off script a little bit here. A lot of people, the whole idea for starting a business or starting one is like, I just don't want to work for so-and-so or work where I'm at anymore. And they move out and then go, okay, now what am I going to do? Okay? So not every idea is a good idea. So as we're talking with people and developing, I mean, you, know, you, you have the stick to that goes on and you have all this other kind of stuff, but how do you know or how do you find people that will actually come alongside and not just family doesn't all go to the paycheck and all, but just like, dude, this idea sucks. You know, if somebody to speak plainly and clearly and, and maybe not try and take the wind out of your sails, but also at the same time, this is not going to work. Talk about that and how we can tackle that in this whole entrepreneurship ballgame because not all ideas are good ones. No. Yeah, I, I, uh, I can speak to that. Um, so when I said Terry Schlotterbeck and Rod Meyer, you know, those guys that we engaged, 
we talked to them about our plan um, and what we thought we could fix prior to quitting our jobs. So that was that was an aha moment for us when they said, you've got to do this. Um, if they would have said, I admire your courage and, or something like that, um, then perhaps I'd still be working for, you know, my previous company. Um, but having that vetting uh, from someone who knows a lot more than I do uh, was definitely a validation for pursuing the opportunity. And that happens a lot, actually, for us. So I have many clients who will come in and they'll say, I went to this other um, ESO, or I went and talked to so-and-so and so-and-so, and they all told me this is horrible, and they're just angry when they come in. And I'm not going to be that person. I'm going to walk you through the steps. So we're going to look at what are those financials. Are you willing to sell in order to make those dollars? If you are not this is not going to be a good idea. So there are those deep dive conversations that we do. And I have actually been um, told maybe I take too long with some clients to get them there. But I truly, I know that when they leave me, they're going to find somebody else that's going to tell them yes. And they will go to a number of people. They have to figure it out on their own if it's not a good idea. Research comes into that. ISPDC has amazing programs um, where they can find all this research. But uh, just like Brian talked to talked the concept through, um, you know, for me there was a whole TV show, a whole movement around what not to wear, um, consulting in your closet. Uh, so doing some of these things, what's what's big right now? What are what are the conversations? Um, and and doing that kind of research is going to be really important for you. Right on, right on. Yeah, sort of that, that question, though, about, you know, having, you know, the ability to, to kind of vet out, you know, the idea, the, you know, kind of test it out. I guess, I know, Brian, we've talked about before. I mean, um, one of the things I think that, that what Rod and Terry asked was, you know, how much are you going to put on the table to support this venture, um, so to speak, you know, to, to help get it started, to make sure you're all in, right? Um, and then, you know, Leslie, I think you mentioned before the lean startup, the lean cannabis kind of a thing where, I mean, that, that does mean you got to hey, take your idea and go out and talk to some people and see if people actually want to buy what you're selling, so to speak. I mean, so there's things you can do to help make sure, you know, th to take the advice from the mentor and, and to really vet out how serious you are about the idea as well as, you know, is it the, an idea that people are going to, you know, want to support? Mm -hmm. So. Any yeah. other, I guess, uh, on, on that note, um, lessons learned from those kind of discussions or things you would have done differently in your own journeys? I know um, for myself, but also for all my clients, and we, we serve about 1,000 <clears throat> people per the year. But if you are unwilling to sell, if that is so scary, then probably entrepreneurship is not going to work for you. You can build a staff, um, but it's not going to be immediate. And so you have to be willing to go out there and take the nose and make those asks and be in connecting. And that's very hard for women. Um, and for men, it, it's still, you still go through imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, I think uh, something that I observed over the last, you know, five and a half years or so, uh, how important it is to pivot uh, when necessary. Um, Man, some of the some of the ideas or directions that we were going 
down uh, for the current products that you know we have uh, that we've sold or are in our portfolio. Uh, we were going down a completely different pathway, and then for one reason or, or another, or market conditions, or you know we you know an acquisition, uh, a major acquisition in, in the marketplace, or whatever you have to completely change direction. And that's hard to do sometimes, especially if you're already invested with startup dollars, um, which are very precious. Uh, but if you don't, you know, you could be going down that wrong path and continuing to burn capital um, and, and eventually burn yourself out. So I think that's something I probably could have pivoted quick, more quickly or, or we could have um, um, done so um, in a more meaningful way. Uh, but uh, I think that's, that's something that right. was impactful for us. Right on. Well, and uh, I mean, to that point, being nimble enough to be able to pivot, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, you know, wherever you're at in your journey, I'm sure you, you, it's, if your idea is going to be a good idea, right? So not falling in love with the idea and, yes. you know, being willing to say, hey, um, it might take a couple tries here. I um, mean, it's not quite baseball season yet, but I think about the example. I mean, if you bet 300, you know, 300 in baseball, you get in the Hall of Fame. I mean, that's three out of 10. So right. being able to take the nose, being able to, to, you know, even if there is some some sunk costs, not get too wrapped around the axle about, you know, hey, we may need to take a step back, pivot, take a deep breath. But uh, it's a journey, right? And so it's, uh, it may not be linear. It may not be one thing, but uh, being open to that kind of change. And you know that I call it the Frankenstein effect when we are so in love with our concept and you do think it's hard to pivot. I'll just share an experience with Ridme, which was the mobile application that I created. When I showed it to people, everyone wanted to say, well, you should make it be more like Instagram, essentially. Like, no, this isn't Instagram at all. So knowing that the public... It's that fine jungle between, or juggle, knowing that you're an innovator. They may not have any clue how to visualize it yet. There's nothing to compare it to yet. But knowing that there's enough demand around the, the basic concept is, is going to be important. Right, right, right. Okay. Excellent. Well, I guess to that point, um, any other advice, encouragement you might offer to someone who is, again, a new year, maybe thinking about taking that next step and, and, and you know, going out on their own or you know, looking for the mentor? Any, any piece of advice you might share with them? So uh, from my side, I, I think, uh, and I'm echoing um, advice that I got from my mentors is to expect the roller coaster. Um, I've never experienced anything like it. It's pretty crazy. You have the highest high and the lowest low of your whole career in a span of about 48 hours or so. And, um, then it can go right back up to the highest high after that, you know? So it's, it's something that you experience a lot. Um, and, and you have to expect that and be prepared for that and embrace it essentially. Um, because if, if you hit that lowest low, it's, it's, it can be pretty discouraging. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's, that's not my advice. That's the advice of my mentors that, that I've really taken to heart. Right on. Mm -hmm. Leslie. And surrounding yourself with individuals that are going to be there to help you through whatever is going on. I always say the, um, 
you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So you better put those five people in place. Exactly. That's, that's great, great advice. I guess I would just add something I've, I've come across recently. I mean, with, with entrepreneurship, with um, starting new companies, I and mean, there is this sort of myth of the you know, early 20-something in a hoodie, you know, doing some kind of new technology development, right? Where, uh, you know, this came across some research last week. I mean, the average age of the successful entrepreneur is 45. Um, Amazon had the most upside in its market cap when Jeff Bezos was 45. I mean, it's not just the 20-something with a, in a hoodie working on some new thing that, you know, a tech firm's going to snap up in six months. Um, and that's where, again, I think um, from what I see in our community, we have a great legacy to build on. But uh, you're looking how we can build more of a community to support entrepreneurs and, and you know, help people take that next step and, and learn from what, what we've all seen and, and experienced and, and just keep, keep doing cool things. Um, I mean, I guess to that point, I guess, uh, Brian, I'm curious if there's one thing you, know, you appreciate about this community. I know you're very involved in the Rona Lake area that you might want other people to, look, to know about just about this community as a place to start and grow a business. Yeah, so I can I have two things. Uh, so so I'll make it quick. Um, the first is is definitely the people. Um, when I look at the Ignite story, the the people that are surrounding Ignite is what made it great. And I think a lot of that is leverage from the community and the experience in the community. So could not have done it without the team that we have and that we've collected. You know, from this this area. Um, the other thing. Uh, that I appreciate that has nothing to do with orthopedics is uh, the lakes in this area and also the the village in Winona. So, um, and, and I could go on for a long time, but I know that we're out of time. But I, this past summer um, or last summer, I flew in my six surgeons um, for a, uh, a design retreat in Winona Lake. And uh, we had a VRBO on Winona Lake, and um, we went to all the places. We were out on the lake, everything. And these are guys from, you know, New York and Boston, big cities. And um, they were like, you live in a resort town. This is incredible. I want to come back here. Um, and it's, it's pretty cool that we get to call that home. That is awesome. That, that is, is awesome. so cool. Okay. Now, Leslie, you got to top that. I know, no, I know, I know that I can't. But, <laughs> but uh, I mean, your perspective as a Fort Whyte, you know, working across our region, what, I mean, something you appreciate about just being in this this area. I really do love the little pockets that are around these um, more metropolis areas. Metrop, you know, village, whatever. Can't even say it right now. That thing. Um, but you have Pearson, you have Tippecanoe, you have Syracuse, and that's just right around here, which isn't very far from Wabash. And then you go, you know, all these places, and they're just these little pockets of really cool environments fantastic okay so ryan is is ready are we ready we're ready we always wrap up this podcast with a question and um it's i don't know if it's a showstopper i don't know if it's a rorschblatt test i don't know what it is but all of us experience this community differently and so we're going to ask you maybe in reverse order you know what does that phrase clearly casiasco mean to you when you hear it uh, for me, I would say, you know, when I walk into the stores just downtown, I'm walking around um, the main downtown, uh, it's nice how welcoming everyone is. Uh, and I'm not selling something, but I'm still telling them about our services. And everyone is eager to see, yes, how can we help everyone? Right on. And Ryan, over to you. 
Well, you know, this might be strange, but the first thing that popped into my head when I saw this question was, like, the clearly has to do with water, and it, it takes me right back to the lakes. <laughs> there we have over 100 lakes here. Um, but if I were to talk about um, something beyond uh, the tangible, I think it's it's uh, the people and, and sort of what Leslie said. Um, it, it truly is something special that we have here. And um, I think it's pretty cool that we have the entire gamut of, and going back to orthopedics, uh, from, you know, the guy that polishes parts all the way to a, the C-suite of, of large orthopedic companies residing here um, and that can be leveraged here. Um, that's, that's pretty unusual. Exactly right. We're all here together. That's a great community. And I want to say thank you both. I mean, Brian, for what you and Matt and the team are doing to build the company here, how you're contributing to the community. Leslie, help, how you're helping to support you know, entrepreneurs throughout the region. And uh, this has been a great discussion. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys, everybody, for being here today. That wraps up the Clearly Kosciuszko podcast for this iteration. Next episode drops in two weeks. We look forward to seeing you there. Until then, have a great midwinter. Clearly Kosciuszko is a countywide voice created in partnership between the Lilly Center for Lakes and Streams, Kosciuszko County Convention and Visitors Bureau, Kosciuszko Chamber of Commerce, and the Kosciuszko Economic Development Corporation. If you're seeking a day trip or a weekend getaway, a place to start your business, or a flexible location for a corporate conference, Clearly Kosciuszko will connect residents and visitors with the right resource throughout the county. Thanks for listening.